0: Okay. Hey, welcome everybody to Theology Thursday. Kevin with a timely button push, I have to say. Um, And I'm really excited to introduce you all to somebody.
1: They already know. (laughs) Everyone knows.
0: People already know. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest who's not Isaac tonight. Um, That wouldn't be special at all. That would be normal. But we have a special guest, um, my friend, Tyler Grimaldo.
1: Those, uh, yeah. You
0: hear all those people? Thanks to the folks at home. For yeah, cheering for me. yeah. <laughs>
1: Awesome.
0: Tyler is um, a friend of mine, friend of Kevin's. Kevin's here as well. Kevin, you want to say hi to the folks at home?
1: Hi, folks at home. At, their, cool. at
0: their homes. Um, yeah, we, we're, uh, we're thrilled to have you, Tyler. Tyler's a buddy of mine, buddy of Kevin's. Um, he, we're talking tonight about, we've been in this series on false doctrines, and we've been in kind of a, a sub-series where we're looking at Christian-based false teachings, Christian cults. They're often called last week. We talked about Mormonism this week. We're talking about Jehovah's witnesses and we invited you to come because Tyler grew up Jehovah's witness, um, spent the majority of his life at Jehovah's witness. And what, how long ago now did you become a Christian? Three years, three years Maybe. ago. That's yeah. so awesome. Um, and so rather than have like video clips and stuff, cause we've been trying from the get go on this series to, use kind of primary sources like let members of these belief systems and authorities on them speak for themselves rather than putting words in their mouths or explaining their doctrine from our perspective
1: or going to karm.org or whatever yeah yeah i don't know what that is it's it's like matt slick's apologetics site
0: oh okay
1: there's like a million of them
0: tyler's been a christian for three years and already knows a lot more about theology and apologetics than i do apologetics especially (laughs) (laughs) and so uh so yeah Tonight, Tyler, you're like our video clips in a sense. You're, you yeah. grew up Jehovah's Witness, have been Jehovah's Witness until three years ago. And so you've got, um, you are you you know, you know the doctrine, you know what it's like to live in that world. And so uh, it's sort of like an interview tonight where I'm just going to ask you the theological questions. Also, everybody who's watching at home, you guys are more than welcome to ask questions. I've told Tyler ahead of time. He doesn't have to answer them. So, <laughs>
1: nope. so um, I won't answer any from Jacob, by the way. Oh, yeah. He and did. I will know when a question is from Jacob he did say very specifically,
0: any question from Jacob Serpa will go unanswered. So yeah. And the message (laughs) will be deleted. That that's a deal you have to work out with Kevin. I'm not a, I'm not going to be a part of that kind of censorship. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so ask, ask questions. I've got some questions. We're going to go through some of the doctrines and stuff like that. and, And a lot of the differences, one of the coolest things about you, Tyler, is that, um, not only did you become a Christian, but you have very, very quickly become really knowledgeable about Christian theology. Um, and part of that I imagine is because of your kind of exploration of, of faith and like trying to come to an understanding of what was true after you left the Jehovah's witness tradition. But, um, I've just, I, as a pastor, am frankly really impressed by how quickly you've gotten like some really deep theological knowledge. And so it makes you a perfect person to do this.
1: Oh, Thanks. The other thing that makes it Wait. perfect
0: is how much you love being on a microphone and yeah. being on the internet. And
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I get used to this. So if That's you could whatever.
0: give, you want to get used to it, we can well, start a new podcast. Well,
1: I don't want to be uncomfortable the entire, like what hour?
0: Oh, you mean just get used to it tonight. Right, I thought, yeah. Cause we in the could, next five minutes, I mean, we could start a podcast. Here's the thing. Me and Tyler found out yesterday mm-hmm. that not only do we share a love of metal core from the mid two thousands. Um, yep but also we both know a, a lot about underground rap and hip hop from the Midwest. Yeah. So there, if you're looking for a second podcast, that might be coming. Um, <laughs> our first question, this is good. Um, Siraj Sharma wants oh, to know geez. Tyler in one word, how would you describe your sense of humor?
1: A lot of dad jokes in Norm Macdonald. That's
0: so much Shaggy more than dog it. stories. That's so much. That's that, it. It's a great answer, but it's not <laughs> one word <laughs> in one word. One word
1: man, bad.
0: <laughs> I'm going to give you two words so it can be man, bad, yeah. not just bad. <laughs> so g- without, you know, spending too much time here, um, could you kind of give us just the, the, the cliff notes version of you deciding to leave the Jehovah's witness faith first one in your family. Um, only one in your family at this point, er, At, this um, one, at this point. and, and what kind of led to that decision and then what brought you into
1: Protestant Christianity? Okay, so starts in high school, like a lot of people who end up questioning their religion. Right. I just think that's like a phase for a lot of people. Um, it doesn't end up being a phase. It ends up being like the rest of their life, really. Um, so it was just general questioning of like certain doctrines. I was, still am, an incredibly curious person. And so, you know, when you get told for a lot of your life, don't look any, don't look up information about us on the internet. Mm. Um, I did that. A certain type of person's (laughs) going to be
0: like, guess what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yeah, I did that. It was like,
1: Oh, cool. Uh, Pandora's box. I think I'm going to open it. Mm. And there was a lot of new ideas about Jehovah's witnesses. I had not been previously exposed to, um, but also just meeting other like christians who were actually like serious about their faith um that was like the weirdest thing to me i was like how is that even possible mm. how does a person who's not a jehovah's witness who probably doesn't know god's name right like even you know have a favorite book of the bible cuz your like, your
0: understanding as a jehovah's witness was that anybody who's not a jehovah's witness isn't really they don't really mean business they're not serious yeah
1: Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I I had a very negative view of Christians.
0: Then he became a Christian and it got positive. And over the last three years, it's been getting more negative again. I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) He met Kevin and things went south, frankly. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Oh, Jacob wants to know why he can't ask any questions, which is technically a question, but you're welcome to answer it if you want to.
1: We're not going (laughs) to. Oh that's so Oh, you're good.
0: already good at this. You understand the tone of Theology Thursday, <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. I didn't tell him to do that. Um but I also didn't tell him that he could It's of my own free will. It's of Jacob. his own free will. Yeah, free will. Is it inside theological joke happening yeah, there? So you that. started kind of exploring some of the doctrines and then did you feel like you you applied the same level of of intellectual rigor and scrutiny to Protestant
1: Christianity? Before jumping in. Oh yeah. Cause like, okay. So when a Jehovah's witness loses their faith in the organization is what we call it. Um, you don't <laughs> become a Christian right. or anything like they go hard atheist most of the time. It seems right. The vast majority. I, I have a friend who has gone that route. Um, and you're still left with the, like, views of the witnesses that all the other religions are just horrible Mm. as well. And so at that point I had basically zero, uh, knowledge of the Bible or at least any knowledge I did was now called into question. Mm. I had absolutely no assurance. I knew anything right. Um, what were we talking about? So I was just asking you about, so (laughs) as
0: you became interested in Christianity. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of research. Um, And when I was trying to find out like what the truth of the Bible was or what it really said, um, my mind immediately went to like, okay, what's the most base, like foundational doctrine that a Christian, theistic system believes in that, like if you get that wrong, you probably got everything wrong. And then I was like, Oh, probably God, God. Who is God? How many, you know, what's he like? Yeah. What's he like? Just that general area. And so I went into researching like Unitarianism, which is like, you know, one God one person and one being
0: in God. It's in opposition to Trinitarianism. So
1: Unitarianism is, Trinitarianism
0: is one God, three persons. Mm -hmm. And uh, Unitarianism is one God, one person. Yeah. Um, And we'll probably talk about another Christian offshoot false teaching in a couple of weeks. It's just another strong Unitarian belief system like Jehovah's witnesses. Um, So you're sitting there guessing which ones they are. We're not going to tell you guys, you got to wait and see. Um, so suspense, it's a suspense. You're going you're to be how thinking about the it. views, huh? It's how we get yeah. those sweet, sweet wow. views. <laughs> so, okay. Um, and we'll talk about that specifically what you brought up, which is what the nerds call theology proper, mm-hmm. which is theology about God himself. And, um, that's where the v- vast majority of the differences between the Jehovah's witnesses and uh, traditional historic Christianity. That's where the biggest differences are. Um,
1: Close in general, really for sure. Like, it's almost always like just getting the Trinity wrong.
0: Yeah. It's theology and Christology is what yeah. it comes down to a lot. It's, 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 your understanding of God's fundamental nature wrong. And then obviously directly related to that, who and what is Jesus to you? Mm-hmm. Um, and as we'll see in a, in a, just a couple of minutes, like for Jehovah's witnesses, drastically, drastically different than it is for uh, Protestant Christians. So Jehovah's Witness is just a couple of kind of overview points. They're relative latecomers on the scene, late 19th century, you know, so late 1800s. Um, and like the Latter-day Saints, who we talked about last week, they're also known for missionary zeal like serious missionary Mm -hmm. activity. Um, they're, you know, they're famous in culture for being the ones that knock on your door and want to talk to you. Um, and it's very effective. I mean, they've grown very quickly in a relatively short amount of time. Um, and as I understand it, you could correct me if I'm wrong on this, but each Jehovah's witness missionary is trained, spends a lot of time in training. Um, and that the stats, and again, you could tell me if this comports with your experience, but the stats are that the average Jehovah's witness spends 10 hours a week on average. No, I'm sorry. The average missionary Jehovah's witness spends 10 hours a week on average going door to door and doing missions work. How's that
1: feel? Okay. So it depends on what type of. Jehovah's Witness missionary we're talking about. um, There are some who easily will do 50 hours a month. And that's just like nothing for them. Like they're really, really dedicated to their beliefs. Um, But like every week, um, just training for the missionary work is like built into the services even. Like it takes up a part of the what we call church services, right. but they call them kingdom hall meetings.
0: Kingdom hall meetings.
1: Um, and yeah, it, it takes up a lot of time and there is a huge emphasis on, you know, spreading the good news as, as they say.
0: Yeah. And that's part of what it means to be a good witness right mm-hmm. now. How does that work for someone like this is, you know, I'm, I'm sidebarring myself here just cause I'm personally interested. How does that work for someone like you? Who's your cat? You're, you're a self-proclaimed introvert. Not somebody who's stoked about knocking on a stranger's door. How was that for you?
1: It was, oh man, it was super taxing. Um, Like no, no kid wants to wake up on like Saturday morning at like 6am and just knock on people's doors in the cold in an itchy suit. The suit was like itchy. Mind mind all mine work well, were. Well,
0: we're going to make you do that for our church, uh, but I promise you I'll get you a suit that's not itchy. That's the one I thing. Probably, what do you think, Kevin? Can we get can we get Tyler a non-itchy suit, you think? So absolutely. Gabardine all the way. Gab, I don't even know what the, Do you know what that is? I don't know. What's gabardine, Kevin? I haven't worn a suit. Tell in the so tell long. the young people. <laughs> 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 tell the young people what a gabardine suit means. <laughs> So the kind of categories we've been exploring the differences between um, Christian doctrine and these various false doctrines on have been revelation, which has to do with the Bible, then theology proper and Christology together. um, And then soteriology, which is the fancy word for how people are saved. So soteriology is the theology of salvation and then um, kind of ethics and morality and some of the you know the practices of the religion and how they differ um so the first one then is revelation and authority now like latter-day saints Jehovah's witnesses believe that the bible is authoritative but only in their particular proprietary translation so so you had your own translation of the bible and it's the only one that you can read
1: it's not necessarily the only one you can read like they're not going to punish you for reading the king james or I don't know any other Bible, but the official, you know, Bible translation is the new world translation, the one the, they created. The one we've
0: got and we've got one right here. Oh, yeah. and that's, that's the, the one that they would say, this is the only one you can really trust. This
1: is the most accurate translation.
0: And as we'll see, when we talk about theology proper, it has some really yeah, like surprising differences. Um, and changes that have been made and similar again to the latter day. So the latter day saints have their own proprietary translation that was done by Joseph Smith. That's in my understanding, quite a bit more different than, uh, (laughs) than this. But similarly, you know, it's not super clear that it was translated by Greek and Hebrew scholars. Um, and the things that have been changed are just kind of like interpretive changes that match. Jehovah's witness theology. So we'll see some of that in a little bit. Now, what now, in addition to the Bible, there are some other authoritative publications that come through. You want to talk a little bit about the watchtower and how, how it's used? Yeah.
1: So the the watchtower, they also have a thing called the awake. Although I forget if they just merged the two. That was also a magazine or yeah, magazines, but they also publish a lot of just different books. Um, They're authoritative, but not in the sense that the Bible is, where it's like inspired. Uh, They don't claim any of their other publications are inspired, but they're all Bible-based and they study those at their meetings as well.
0: So somebody could take an issue of The Watchtower, which comes out regularly like any other magazine and has teachings, practical advice about how to live your life, Mm -hmm. techniques for missionary work, kind of all of that sort of stuff.
1: A lot of information a lot about, about, everything. Yeah.
0: And you could go to a meeting, which would be again, like Tyler said before, like their equivalent of a church service mm-hmm. and the person doing the kind of lesson could open up the a watchtower magazine and do a lesson from that yeah. in the same way that and we would do from the Bible.
1: Yeah. Everyone, I mean, the person at the pulpit, pulpit, let's call it would would have it. And they would basically be conducting a study with everyone else in the congregation who also has the exact same magazine. We're all basically just like reading through kind of like you would like in an English class or something.
0: Right. So you, you described it to me before as being almost like a worksheet or something. Like if you were in a language arts class.
1: Yeah. Like a workbook, like 20 paragraphs, you know, questions on those paragraphs and the congregation participates by publicly answering. And it's kid-friendly, easy for young people, not super technical. Yeah, very easy to read.
0: And did you feel like kind of growing up with that sort of rigorous, like, hey, we're going through the doctrine, we're learning this stuff at a a level I can understand it, that you as a young person like understood Jehovah's Witness teaching and what you believed pretty well?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like there are a lot of texts that get mentioned a lot um, for like the vital doctrines, like I, I could totally easily like <laughs> argue for the argue for like Unitarianism. I, right. g- I can totally argue that Jesus is not God if I really wanted to. Yeah, I don't anymore, but I could if I really wanted to. Totally. Yeah. And some of the proof texts
0: and some of that stuff comes straight from proof texts that have been changed, right? Um, In the New World Translation.
1: Yes. Yes. Colossians as I showed you. 1, yeah.
0: Colossians one like famously, John one, Yeah, John, John one was big, um, we can look at that when we talk about, well, yeah, we can. And when we do, when we talk about Christology in a minute, we can look at that one. Cause that's yeah. the, like, that's the famous difference that yeah. it says um, instead of in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, it says, and the word was a, a God. God. Yeah. Um, and there are all these arguments about why, why that arguments that Jehovah's witnesses make about why that should be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing before we move on to theology proper and Christology. Um, you talked about the kingdom hall meetings in addition to the kind of authority of scripture and these magazines like the watchtower that are, are really foundational. Um, the Jehovah's witnesses are known for being really, really tightly organized and the, and a lot Super. of the kind of structure comes from that. You want to talk about that for a little bit?
1: Okay. Yeah, they are. So in, in like just Protestantism as a whole, um, we, we can have like in-house debates on like secondary issues. Um, which is really common. You yeah. Know? Like a Lutheran is not going to believe in everything a Baptist believes in. Yeah. These are um, things
0: like the age of the earth. Should we baptize babies or not? Yeah.
1: Um, stuff like that.
0: How often do you take communion? Mm-hmm.
1: All that sort of stuff. Color of the carpet.
0: Yeah. We're well, I mean, that's, that's a primary issue with this church, but <laughs> I understand what
1: you're saying. Yeah. Um, you won't get any kind of theological difference, not really, um, within the population of the Jehovah's Witnesses.
0: Because um, it comes from the top down. Yeah. This is what we think right. about every individual issue.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're all reading the same material. You right. Know? They're all reading the exact same translation. And so, unless you're like totally misunderstanding everything, you know, being given to you to read. Um, you're really not going to find a lot of difference of opinion.
0: Not a lot of variance. Mm -mm. And even the way that, from my understanding, again, the way that that's run is very organized in terms of the countries are divided into districts. And Yes,
1: yes. I, okay. I went to the actual headquarters and they have like three different buildings in New York. And it is, they, they run everything so impressively, so well. They have their own printing press and it's just like, a very well oiled machine. Everyone has, there's just no confusion whatsoever with like anything except biblical doctrine. But (laughs) 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 I love that you couldn't resist,
0: (laughs) but yeah. And and that's, I mean, that's a strength that they have for sure that there's not a lot of variance. It's almost run like a really well-organized company or something. And
1: and they use that as like the test of the one true religion, Mm. you know, like Jesus people will be one well, they're one, you know? So therefore, you know. Yeah.
0: So it's a tighter definition of what that has to mean to be one. So moving into you in this, you said it beautifully that when you were trying to decide, you know, what's true and what can I believe? You're like, the foundational question for me is God. Who is God and what is God like? Now we've talked about this quite a bit on Theology Thursday already, but in Christianity, we believe in the Trinity, that God is one God with who is three persons. Mm -hmm. And that's, Jesus, the son, God, the father, and the Holy spirit. How would in, in your kind of quickest shorthand describe God as understood by the Jehovah's witnesses? Cool. I keep saying the Jehovah's witnesses. I'm pretty sure you that's can, incorrect. You can say that. Is, that, you can is say that, does it, it doesn't sound wrong?
1: Uh, no, no. I don't think the folks at home will have a big problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to mind. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think you're just being nice,
1: but, but go. So yeah. So what's, what is God like? Um, So God is, again, they are Unitarians, so one God, one person, that is the Father, Jehovah, they call him, um, and his only begotten son, the firstborn, as in the very first being he created, um, is the Son, Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is not even a person, but like an impersonal force, basically the power of God
0: like the force in Star the force Wars. Force in Star Wars. And it's and it's not so the Holy Spirit definitely not a god, not even a person. No. Jesus not a god, mm. just the first and greatest of God's creations. And Michael the Archangel. And Mike so he's Michael, the Archangel. Help me understand this. Is that so his pre-incarnate state and his post-resurrection state? He's yeah. he's Michael, he's the, Michael Archangel. the Archangel. Yeah. Jesus
1: okay. of Nazareth lived on earth but he no longer exists. And the body of Jesus has been atomized and so that's all into atoms.
0: So that's like you just for everybody who's listening, that's like, you can blow by that really quick, but that is not just like a secondary subsidiary that's issue. You're huge. saying that the Jehovah's witnesses also do not believe in a, the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Yes. So he resurrected in a spiritual sense, but his body didn't come out of the grave. Correct. And this is really, really important just to pause for a second to Christian theology, we'll talk about Jesus not being God and stuff also, of course, but um, the bodily resurrection is incredibly important to Paul and the other authors of the New Testament. The authors of the gospels go so far out of their way to show you this is Jesus, a physical human being. Jesus himself says in Luke. It's Luke. Thank it's you. Luke. See Tyler, I'm <laughs> telling you, he has been a Christian for three years. He knows it yeah. better than me, but in Luke, well, this is one, I'm sure you looked up pretty quick <laughs> that, that he says, he says, look, I have flesh and bones. Mm-hmm. Not like a, I'm not like a spirit. Yeah, he says he's not a spirit. I'm not a spirit. I have flesh and bones. Um, and then, you know, the gospel authors have him eating. They have him being touched by the disciples. They're, they're going to great lengths to make it clear. He rose physically. Mm-hmm. And for Paul, that's very important because, He's the firstborn of the, from the dead. is yeah. the way that He is ri- risen is the way that all of us will rise one day, which is physically in new bodies. Um, but but it's interesting, um, man. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump all over There's the place. So but, much to go. But into. this is the natural. So connection. many rabbit trails. This is a good rabbit trail to follow, rabbit though, holes. because Jesus not resurrecting. Ph- I always say rabbit trails, but what is? Do rabbits make trails? Can we go to Kevin on that? Kevin? I know rabbit holes are a thing. <laughs> I
1: don't a rabbit know, hole, a thing? Awesome. Rabbit holes
0: are a thing, for sure. But rabbit trails are too, and right? And
1: they have trails.
0: The trails le- would lead to their holes, I would imagine. Indeed. Now, here's the thing, though. I My daughter loves a book called The Runaway Bunny. Those of you who are parents who have had toddlers know the... Kevin, you remember The Runaway Bunny? Did you read that one? Uh, yeah. It's a bunny that's looking for a home. And dude, the other animals in this book are jerks. Most of them are just like, hey, sure, come on and live in the pond with me. And the rabbit's like, I can't go in there. But then it's this my favorite thing in the book. Talk about a rabbit trail, by the way, literally at this point. So all the other animals, the problem is that the rabbit can't exist in that environment. He's like, oh, I can't go in the tree like a bird. I'll fall out. I can't go in the water like the frog. I'll drown. Then he finds a groundhog that lives in a log. And he goes, hey, can I come in there? And the groundhog goes, no. Wow. (laughs) It's my favorite moment in the book. You're like... Are you going to give us a reason why? He's like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> the rabbit's like, okay, cool. Anyway, the point is, he lives in a hole. Mm.
1: Um, yes.
0: So that was a rabbit trail. Yeah. It was. About rabbit, rabbit trails. Trail. That's pretty amazing. So, uh, <laughs> what well, the actual rabbit trail, which is very interesting and worthwhile, is I just said that for for Christians. The bodily resurrection of Jesus is important because it means that we're going to resurrect the same way. Mm-hmm. For Jehovah's Witnesses, the fact that he doesn't resurrect physically actually matches their eschatology. Yeah. Because Jesus isn't going to live on earth physically in the new creation. You want to explain what, eschatolo- yeah. what the eschatology is yeah. like?
1: So there are, okay, for us Christians, we're going to be on just like a totally new earth there's going to be new heavens, new earth, you know, heavens going to come down here. We'll be in the dwelling place with God. Yeah. And, you know, happily ever after. Um, For Jehovah's Witnesses, um, there are two classes of Christians. There is the great crowd, which are, who are Jehovah's Witnesses, who will be bodily, resurrected bodily, and living on a paradise earth. And that's the vast amount of, Jehovah's Witnesses. Then there's like the anointed class made up of exactly 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses. In these two terms, the
0: 144,000 and the great crowd come from the book of Revelation. Revelation.
1: Yeah. And the 144,000 will not be bodily resurrected, but spiritually.
0: And they'll live in heaven.
1: Yeah. In heaven as Kings with Jesus. So this is like, that's super heaven. Yeah. And this is. Lesser heaven, but it's still awesome. You actually okay? A thing they talk about is like Kevin liked Kevin like I don't paradise. know if you guys hear that, but Kevin liked. But it's <laughs> still <laughs> awesome. Paradise. Well, no, this, we we actually did like go out of our way to like talk about how awesome paradise would be mm. because I, I remember one of the meetings was just about like what you would do on paradise. And people were talking about like riding lions. Oh, that does sound awesome. It does sound awesome. And you probably won't do that as like a spirit creature right in heaven. So it's almost
0: like they're telling you, don't feel bad that you're not, you're almost certainly not going to be one of the 144,000. Let's be realistic And all. I mean, because we're talking in all of human history. It's not just, yeah. so you're like Tyler Grimaldo, you're a cool guy, but you're probably not going to make it. But don't feel bad.
1: Constellation prizes. Your you constellation prizes. is with a penguin. You're going to play something. with a penguin or ducks. Ducks this, would be cool. You can do that here, Tyler. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. But they I won't. They probably won't run away from me when I have to like when I'm trying to chase them down. That's
0: true. So you could either wait for new creation, or you could buy a loaf of bread <laughs> <laughs> and go to a duck bond. That's Too expensive. Look, man. I can't arrange. I'm a college student. I, I can't get money. you. I can't get you to ride a lion. I can't even promise yeah. that you'll play with a penguin, but yeah. me and Kevin can make sure that you can play <laughs> with some ducks. <laughs> I love that or a duck. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. They're have some gaveling down the road. Um, so yeah. And, and we, you know, we, uh, just like Raj is saying, um, uh, that he talked about having a conversation like that about heaven when he was when isaac was his youth pastor because we um as christians a a good understanding of heaven is you're not floating disembodied in the clouds you're Mm -hmm. on like you said you're on new earth yeah and it will be more like this life than you know all the things you love about life here that are good will be there but better um i don't know the bible doesn't say that you can ride lions but i'm certainly not ruling it out um but yeah it's it's a It's interesting, this kind of hierarchy in heaven with the 144,000. Suzanne has a, has a great question, which is how do you become part
1: of that? Yeah. Very good question. Um, so there's no really, there's no like 100% sure way to know like that. You're one of the 144,000 God picks who is one of the 144,000, you will probably find all of them in New York okay, because that's where the headquarters are.
0: But I mean, it's also a lot of people who died long ago, right? Or is it only since 1872?
1: Died, well, if we're talking long ago, it would have to be when the apostles were alive because after the the apostles died, the church falls away. Right. Oh, I see. So it's like a restoration and restorationist. Yeah. Is that what we call them? Yeah.
0: So is the apostle Paul one of the 144,000? Absolutely. Okay. What about old Testament heroes like Abraham and those mm-hmm. guys? Okay.
1: Everyone in Hebrews 11.
0: Okay. The whole Samson,
1: uh, I don't know. Maybe. Samson's always maybe. the one who, oh, whenever I read Hebrews 11, one. I'm like, that's a tough, one. A, conversation, a tough one.
0: It's a conversation I'm not prepared Probably to have. Probably everyone yeah. else. Everyone <laughs> <But> <laughs> else. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it is interesting. And, and again, this is a major divergence from Christianity because in Christianity, the emphasis all throughout the book of revelation, which is where most of this doctrine comes from is that man, the, the thing we look forward to is that as, as John says in revelation, the dwelling place of God is with man. Mm -hmm. So it's not, well, God's up there with 144,000 and you get a consolation prize down here. It's no, the, the dwelling place of God is with man. Um, you don't need the sun or the moon because the brightness of God is so bright. These are all images meant to let you see this picture that God is there with you in this immediate unfiltered way. Um, that's a major difference now we jumped past it but this is really important they are unitarians yeah so the only god is jehovah and the that father. name is very and this is who we would call the father mm-hmm. um, and that name is very important in fact if you've many of you have probably been approached by a jehovah's witness at some point and been asked if you know the true name of god that's one of the kind of standard operating yeah. procedures is to ask that you want to explain for the folks at home, as you like to for call the them? folks at home. <laughs> what, uh, of course. What, what's the significance of that name to the Jehovah's to the okay. Witnesses?
1: So they, obviously, from the name of the religion, you can tell they really cherish the name, um, which is a good thing. Yeah. Like the te- Tetragrammaton's awesome. Yeah, the Tetragrammaton, name,
0: for those of you who aren't. Nerds, like um, to say the
1: divine name Yahweh is the, know, the divine
0: like name that. of God. We we typically say our best guess at how to say it is Yahweh, yeah. um, because there are no vowels in the Hebrew language, and so it's it's um, Yod, He Va, He, which is Y H W H. That's the Tetragrammaton.
1: Yeah, and uh, they they see knowing the divine name or using the divine name as like again like unity, a mark of the one true religion. It's like a password, yeah, it's like, yeah, kinda, and uh they make a very big deal of the fact that most modern translations, most translations in general ever don't use the divine name in like the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament, right, which the divine name isn't used in the New Testament, all of the manuscripts we have is not there, but even in the new world translation they actually put the divine name in like 200 different places. In
0: place of the word uh, kurios in Greek, Lord? Yeah, yeah. So when you when Tyler says the divine name, he's talking about the Tetragrammaton, that Y-H-W-H. God's name. Which is God's personal name as revealed to Moses in the burning bush. And um, most, almost all modern translations follow, this is way too much, we can't explain all the details of this, but they follow a very old Jewish tradition of substituting the name with the word for Lord, um, which is Adonai in Hebrew. And so what you find, and we've talked about this at church before, if you go to South Valley Community Church, but the the word Lord, when it's spelled in all caps, if T-H-E-L-O-R-D is all caps in your Bible, that's a way to signal to you that that's actually translating the divine name, Yahweh, the
1: Tetragrammaton.
0: Um, but it's not just Yahweh that it's very important and very significant that it's you say it Jehovah that this yeah. is how it's written this is how you say it.
1: Well, it's it's weird because they've said on like their website that it's probably not the like correct pronunciation, but it's important that you say it anyways because that's personal name. You have to at least know that information. Yeah. Um. Th- there, there's I think a part in John seventeen. During Jesus' high priestly prayer, where he talks about manifesting God's name. And they interpret that to be like speaking, he, it. he was talking about God's, you know, the four consonants. Oh, interesting. Old, hey, Bob, hey, stuff like that.
0: Rather than what he probably meant, which is the character and reputation yeah. of God, which is what name often means. Yeah. Um, So really quickly too, we'll do this super, super fast, but that word Jehovah, because there's probably people who are wondering this, the reason that Jehovah came about as, oh man, how how much detail do we go into here? Here's the super fast version. The super fast version is you have those four letters. We'll say for the sake of ease, Y-H-W-H. And then you have the translation that came about in about 600 AD um, of substituting Adonai for that. If you take the vowels from Adonai and put them between the consonants in Yahweh, you get Y-A-H-O-W-A. You with me so far? (laughs) If you then Latinize that word, Latin doesn't have a Y, so you have to switch that first Y to a J. And then if you pronounce it um, according to, it's either German or Latin way there's no w so instead of the wah sound that you have in hebrew you turn that into a v you end up with jehovah so it's a mixture of the tetragrammaton and adonai that has been latinized and possibly germanized to sound like jehovah
1: yes something like that
0: so the short version is that is almost (laughs) certainly like 99.9 percent not how you say it Um, yes. And for the Christian, it doesn't really matter. We say Yahweh is a best guess. We have no idea. Um, there's no way to know. Um, but Jehovah is almost certainly not how there's nothing wrong. It's just a, it's a transliteration of a mishmash of words. There's nothing wrong with it, but making this very significant deal out of it is a little strange because it's taking these very recent traditions and mixing them and transliterating them and then kind of putting it on this pedestal. Um, that all, that all that correct. Is, as you understand yeah, that it, was very good. Good. Job. Thank you. Speaking of a very good job. Um, I got a correction that came in over text message from my wife. The book I was talking about is not the runaway bunny. It's a home for a bunny. So the runaway bunny is another excellent children's book about a little bunny. That's trying. We're not going to go down this bunny trail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's, thank you for the correction, Christina. Appreciate it. Um, So the, the important thing though, that name thing is, is big and you'll hear that a lot if you interact with Jehovah's witnesses. So it's important to know that that's how you end up with that name. Um, and we, you know, there's nothing wrong with, like you said, that it's awesome that we have the revealed personal name of God. We believe as Christians that Jesus, because he is God, the name that is above every name now is Jesus. That's what the new Testament reveals. And so We know God primarily as Jesus. That's why if you come to a Protestant church, we're not going to address our prayers to Yahweh. We're not going to pray in that name. We're going to pray in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But for the Jehovah's witness, the only God that there is is Jehovah the father and the son, Jesus is the first and greatest created being. Now this is a Trinitarian heresy from very early in the church world
1: called Arianism, Arianism. not the one most Americans are familiar not with. Not the one that most Americans. Don't American. get it confused with that Arianism. Yeah.
0: That's all. It's so weird. Um, that's always so, I just got another text saying, so you check your text during theology Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes, Jacob, apparently. Um, oh, man. That's so awesome. Uh, Jacob also commented, this is probably worth pulling up since he's not allowed to have his questions answered. We should at least say he knows that Tyler loves ducks so much. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's pretty nice of him you delete that. No, we can't delete it. We can show it on that. screen though. And I'd like, I'd like it. If you would do that for us, Kevin, um, <laughs> <laughs> This is like our fourth shark jump in one episode. So Arianism it's, it's called that because the person who came up with the system of thought was named Arius. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this in an old, old episode of theology Thursday about Christology. You can go way back and watch that if you want to. Um, so, the, the idea that Jesus is a created being again is dramatically different and incredibly significant. I mean, we worship Jesus as God. Um, but something that you pointed out to me, that's really scary is there was a uh, a survey done about kind of the state of theology in the modern church. And one of the questions you, you sent it to me, I have it here. Um, one of the questions that was asked is, is Jesus the first and greatest being created by God? Now this is a question being asked of evangelical Christians, not Jehovah's witnesses, mm-hmm. Jehovah's witnesses say, yes, that's what, that's what Jehovah's yeah, witnesses it'd believe be a 100% for them. And, it, and that's, and that's official doctrine. But for Christians, this is a deadly heresy. It's saying Jesus is not God. If Jesus is a created being, he's not God. Um, but as you pointed out, um, horrifyingly only 25% of responding evangelical Christians said disagree with yep. that statement. Um, and then there's a bunch, there's a few who said not sure, but the biggest number, 62% said they agree with that statement. Um, mm-hmm. now I don't think those people are Aryan heretics yeah. who believe, who, who believe a heretical view. I think they just don't understand the significance of Jesus being an uncreated non-contingent being. But was that hard for you in, in converting to Christianity to kind of get your head around?
1: Yeah. Cause it, okay. Well, it's hard for anyone to get their head around the Trinity. I mean, it's impossible (laughs) to fully do so. Um, But especially after hearing so many things about the Trinity um, and all the publications I used to read, the Trinity would be like, I I remember one publication saying that the Trinity was like a three headed monster
0: yeah, their website, has, the jw.org website, has a picture that sort of yeah, looks that way.
1: Of like a statue with three heads, and it's clearly like some pagan stuff. Um, and they draw a ton of connections between like Babylonian mystery religion mm. and the Christian doctrine of the Trinity. Um, so that was such a difficult hurdle to overcome. Then there was like all the claims about the historical development of the history of the Trinity, Council of Nicaea, three twenty five A.D., Emperor Constantine, right? Just
0: making it sound like a, it's a bunch a late. of potential
1: rabbit holes we could go into right now, but we won't because we're responsible.
0: But the general idea of all of that is to say, look, the tr- and this is what Latter Day Saints say as well that this is a late, you know, human yeah. invention, pagan. It's not in the pagan Bible. And that's really, again, that's also significant because it's not just an agreed, this isn't an agreed to disagree issue for us as Christians, but it's also not for Jehovah's witnesses. They're yeah. not just saying, Oh, that's a slightly different understanding of God's n- nature. They're saying, if you're a Trinitarian, you believe a satanic yeah. pagan deception that is evil and, and wrong. It's not just, mm-hmm. and again, to be fair for us, that's a dividing line as well. That if you, the minute you say, Jesus, isn't God, um, you have crossed a gigantic line. We talked about this a little bit on the Mormon episode, but the belief that Jesus is God, isn't just a, um, it's not just like a thing that you look up proof texts for. It's also so core to the narrative structure of many of the gospels Mm -hmm. that you have these moments of Jesus saying things like before Abraham was ego, a me, I am,
1: which they also Um, have a different translation of.
0: Okay. I'm going to look that up because I didn't know that. Yeah, is that in eight fifty eight? Eight fifty eight. I was gonna say John eighteen, but I knew that wasn't right. I was like, "That's too late." Like, <laughs> this is so awesome. You've—I know I keep uh, bragging about you, but you've been a Christian for three years. <laughs> I like that little fart sound you made with <laughs> That's that's a good. That's <laughs> you. Fart, all right, that was applause.
1: Like, Mouth.
0: But the fact that I looked at you, confident that you would anything that in, that involves. <laughs> differences between Protestant Christianity and Jehovah's witness theology, you have it on lockdown. Um, and that's, that's important for people who are watching to know, because this isn't somebody who's just kind of like, man, I'm, uh, you know, I, we got a a, a former Jehovah's witness here. It's, it's also, you're somebody who really knows the differences you've put the time and work into understanding it. So in, um, the new world translation, Jesus says, it says, Jesus said to them, most truly, I say to you before Abraham came into existence, I have been, Yes. Um, which without getting too into the weeds is not a good <laughs> translation. What's that? <laughs> it's, it's not a good translation of what, of what it says in, in Greek. Um, Jesus says ego a e me, which is the way that you render in Greek, the old Testament, I am um, very significant. Also, when you're talking about the nature of Jesus, this is the most famous difference probably in the Jehovah's witness translation, John one, one in the beginning, the word was, And the word was with God. And the word was a God. Mm -hmm. Now this is where, um, I'm sure you've looked into this as well, but there are very, very sophisticated arguments, um, about the, how the Greek language works that lead them to that conclusion. It's not just like, we're just going to throw a little extra article in there. There's an entire, um, Greek, there's a Greek linguistic rule called the Granville sharps rule that gets invoked to make that point. And this is not a three hour long, greek language podcast so we're not going to get into it
1: but the folks at home at home know everything you're talking the folks at home know what i'm talking about here's the here's the short version basic information
0: the short version is um it doesn't hold up and so you can open up the esv the niv the king james version the the any any reputable trustworthy translation and all of them do not render the article there um and so the arguments that are made just straight up, don't hold up linguistically. Um, and back when I was studying Greek in seminary, I, I remember reading an entire giant thing. Kevin, you just finished that. Did you read about the Granville sharps rule? Indeed I did. Can you give us a 30 second summary of what it is and how it works? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's past last <laughs> week. So no. Okay. <laughs> I already passed the test. I don't remember it anymore. Um, now, uh, do you have anything else to say on that? I want to jump to Genesis one. If, if not, oh, cause that's interesting. No, too. Let's get to that. So we talked about the fact that the, um, the Holy Spirit is not God and not even a personal, personal. it's a, f- it, it, it's a an force. it and it's a force. Yeah. Um, this is how.
1: They even go to the point of, cause we say the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Whenever the Holy Spirit is in scripture, it's just Holy Spirit. Mm. So we are in the, new world translation, people are filled with Holy Spirit, not with the Holy Spirit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So
0: it's trying to take any kind of specificity out of it's it.
1: Personal is like,
0: whereas we, again, way. as Christians believe the Holy Spirit is a person who can be grieved, who can be interacted with on it yeah. in a personal has way. A will, has a will
1: speaks and acts. Yeah. Stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And so it's, it's hard to get around that. Um, but you can see, and here's the danger is that this is called a translation of the Bible and John one, one, not a good translation, but it's at least there's, there are reasons behind why they said that, but listen to Genesis one, um, verse, well, we'll read one and two. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth proved to be formless and waste, and there was darkness upon the surface of the watery deep. And this is where, what does it say in a regular spirit of God, the spirit of God was some verb, hovering, fluttering, whatever you wanna say, over the surface of the waters. But here it says, and God's active force was moving to and fro over the surface of the waters. Now, all I have to say as a Bible nerd is that um, whether you want to make that theological case or not, to render the Hebrew there, the breath of God, which is what it is, as God's active force is not translation, it's interpretation. Um, And so, and there are many, Within the Protestant tradition, there are many Bibles that cross that line as well. But this is the danger when you have a, a proprietary translation that this is the this is the accurate and trustworthy one. And there are things like that that are clearly interpretive, not just mm-hmm. translating. Yeah. Um, now, how big of a deal was the Holy Spirit for you guys? Like, did you talk about about it often? Was it something that you were like, you know, seeking help? Not help from, because that would be personal, but you know it's <laughs> it's you i just read your sweater for the first time
1: <laughs> can the folks at home see the it? folks at home the probably folks can't at see home cannot see it
0: it says i know you all want to hurt me <laughs> and it's just a stick figure
1: some of the folks i know no some of them know they know some of them know um so the
0: holy spirit emphasized or not emphasized
1: yeah. so it was emphasized to some significant amount i mean it's the power of god And God works his will out in the world by his power. And so like the idea that the Holy, that Holy spirit is like a comforter or a helper is like a thing within Jehovah's witness theology, but not really to the degree it is in like Protestantism where like it's a person. He is a person and like, the salvation of Christians is like a cooperative work between like all three persons in the Trinity. Right. Ephesians one chapter chapter one verse like four through 14. It's like just all about that. Yeah. That all of them have a role to play in your salvation. Yeah.
0: Whereas great segue from a pro podcaster like you, um, what is the interaction between human and God for salvation in as a Jehovah's witness? This is moving into soteriology, soteriology. which will be brief because, believe it or not, it's eight twenty, um, and I want to ask you some personal questions too.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you want to be saved, just be a part of the organization, get baptized. You know, preach enough. I mean, they have requirements for how many hours you have to do in a month. It's ten. Right. Um. Or and else they become inactive.
0: And they don't say directly you have to do this stuff to be saved, mm-hmm. but the point is you have to be part of the organization. Yeah. You even got me saying organization and I'm an organization kind yeah. of guy. Um, <laughs> so it's, you have to be a part. And by the way, being a part of the organization means you're doing the certain number of hours of work evangelistically, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But it's not, it's not saved by the it's, finished work of Jesus. So it's,
1: it's hard to say cause they're not, they're kind of vague on it. And I think it's kind of evident because I know Jehovah's witnesses who would say they're saved by faith alone. And it's a gift of God. But then there, there are others I know who would say, Oh yeah, I work for my salvation. What did you earn that?
0: What did you feel like as a Jehovah's witness? Like, were you, when you're out there knocking on doors, even though it's awkward and you don't want to do it and stuff, like, do you feel at that moment like I have to do this because this is how I get to heaven?
1: Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, you spend a lot of time doing things, or the uh, organization, but it's but it's and, but in your mind, it was tied to this is how I yeah, get to heaven. Yeah, like I, I certainly was not in the camp that like it's by faith alone or <laughs> anything.
0: Well, and and from what I've read academically about Jehovah's Witness theology, um, the idea is that Adam we, they believe in original sin in terms of Adam's mm-hmm. sin in some way put humanity off course, and what Jesus accomplished at the cross was putting humanity back on course. Not necessarily salvifically, but giving them the capacity to be obedient again.
1: Yeah, main mainly for salvation to even be like a reality, like the possibility that anyone is saved. Jesus had
0: to do that. Yeah, yeah. But then it's worked it's out like, in what you what you go on to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, typically, when okay, now you know, Protestant Calvinist dude. At this point, I would be focusing on like. Okay. So regeneration, right. uh, what's the will of man now? What is it before regeneration? Yeah. And you, um, you're
0: very concerned with the logical order of those events yeah, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Like none of that. You also have to know like Jehovah's witnesses are very isolated from the rest of any Christian theological system. And so they really don't talk about any of the things anyone else talks about. Mm. Like, there is probably only one chris not christian one jehovah's witness who knows what like what something weird infralapsarianism and superlapsarianism is yeah that's probably the same <laughs> as the number of people watching this feed yeah. right now but folks at home
0: <laughs> kevin can you give us a 30 second summary of uh superlapsarianism please? yeah go go ahead oh there's something wrong with kevin's mic I, oh he's trying to find the crickets <laughs> <laughs> not an expert at the soundboard. Oh, there they are. Dude. If you had ha- Kevin, if you had had that ready to roll when I asked that question, Oh man, the moment <laughs> that could have I, been. I had
1: <laughs> color problems. I was looking at the colors. Like, oh. oh, is it purple? Is it pink?
0: <laughs> that's still awesome. I'm still proud of, I'm proud of the attempt. Yeah. And so that's, so the way that you, I remember you, when we were talking about this a couple of days ago, you talked about the, um, that a metaphor that was used was that if humanity started out like this, Adam's sin put all of humanity Mm -hmm. like this in terms of scale one way, tip the scale away from God. You can't be saved. And then what Jesus did put it back like this. Yeah. So it's not so much that he saved you, but he made it possible for you to do the works that would lead to salvation. Yeah. Um, And Um, that's very interesting because it's a, you know, unlike we talked last week about how in Mormonism, it's like a weird combination of universalism and, works righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Jehovah's witnesses, it's not that at all. They believe in annihilation. So there's yep. no eternal hell. Unbelievers just cease to exist. Um,
1: there is an eternal hell. Hell is just annihilation. Right. And that is an eternal It's state. an
0: eternal punishment. Yeah. But you don't, you're not conscious for mm-hmm. eternity. Um, which to be fair, many, pro- many Protestant Christians believe, hold that view as well. Yeah. Um, but the, but for salvation, the stuff you're doing for the organization, matters salvifically in some
1: way at mm. least again there is if it isn't if, if it doesn't matter boy did they put a lot of pressure mm. on on people um i mean you'll get a phone call in at in the middle of a night or something from an elder Be like hey tyler did you uh we're missing your time can you make sure to send that mm. over and it's like there's there's now this varies from congregation to congregation. Sure, um, just like the culture of of things, what they expect of people. Um, but there was a lot of pressure on me to be like, as, as super missionary type. We call them pioneers. Like if if you're not pioneering, and it's expected that you're you should be pioneering, yeah. which is the 50 hours. Right, um, 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 and, um, and
0: whatever <laughs> doctrine is officially being taught, you're saying that you as a lifelong Jehovah's witness had a very clear connection in your mind between, if I don't do this, if I become inactive, that is salvific fear. It's not just yeah, like, oh yeah.
1: man. They they would use like, I think it's James two, yeah, probably 24. I don't know. Uh, faith Nobody look without it up. works is <laughs> dead. Yeah, please don't look it up. Faith, faith without w- works is dead. Yeah, and be like, yeah, see, works are like a requirement or else you know you're getting the boot from god
0: and this is really this is what's so significant because that's on the surface very close sounding to Mm -hmm. what protestants believe yeah in terms of you know if i were to articulate that same idea i would say you are saved by the finished work of jesus by faith it's a free gift you don't do anything to earn it but the expectation is that those who are saved will go on to do good works Mm -hmm. um but that tiny little tweak of it's a required part of what you do to be saved, not just an expected outcome of salvation that you got yep. as a free gift. Um, worlds apart in terms of your life as a believer and your, you know, where, who's getting the credit in a sense for, for your mm-hmm. salvation. Um, very different, and, and in your experience, you're saying, man, it made a gigantic difference in terms of how you actually felt yeah. day to day.
1: Yeah, it was kind of just like, man, I, I'm not going to please God yeah. enough, you know, like how, how many hours does a person need to do before? Like, you know, God is going to give you salvation. Yeah. Like he did. He didn't give us a number. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: Man. So that's, that's the most interesting part of it to me. Now we could, we could spend a ton of time talking about some of the interesting kind of ethical beliefs of the, um, the Jehovah's witnesses in terms of, you not celebrating holidays, birthdays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, et cetera. Um, oh, we got Tyler's hooked on a question. Um, okay. Yeah, let's do this one. Cause I think we might've just addressed it, but we can get more specific. Chris Grimes. What up, man? That's a buddy of mine and Kevin's. Kevin, you want to say hi to Christopher? i bet he does.
1: Hello, Christopher
0: Um, Chris asks, why have I been told in the past by Jehovah's witnesses that Jesus's death was not a ransom for sin, but rather a procurement of a second chance to be offered in the millennium. Now that is an incredibly articulately worded question, first of all, and a good question. I think, and I think what that would be getting at is something similar to what we just said, that it's not a ransom for sin other than my understanding that
1: that is the word they use though ransom. They use ransom. They call it the ransom sacrifice.
0: My understanding is that it's a ransom for original for Adam's sin, mm-hmm. rather than for you Tyler's. So you, you're saved from original sin and therefore have the capacity to do what's
1: necessary. I mean, that's hard because they really they really don't go into like the will of man. Mm. Like they kind of missed out on the whole. You know Reformation,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some people would say that's fine, looking at you, whole Roman Catholic Church, but um yeah so so part of part of the answer there then is that sounds like maybe the way that that particular missionary was framing it was specific to this conversation he's having with Chris mm-hmm. and looking to make a particular point, but you you wouldn't have heard it articulated that way, yeah, no,
1: I can't hear anything on
0: my end at all. Oh, man. I don't hear anyone. I don't hear you, me. You want to follow this plug and see if you got unplugged? We can hear you. Oh, cool. But can okay. you hear me enough to le- to still... No, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're cool, not,
1: cool, You're not in my ear anymore.
0: Yeah, you can take one earphone off if that makes it easier. Um, but we're still hearing you. Maybe you got unplugged on that end. Um, uh, Silas Quintero wants to know, can you explain shunning in the Jehovah's Witness Church? You're welcome to say no, or I'd rather not. Uh, but...
1: Yeah, okay, so, like, shunning, basically, if you disassociate yourself from the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, specifically if you're disfellowshipped, um, I was, you get disfellowshipped by being baptized a Jehovah's Witness, and then leaving. Um, I wasn't baptized, because at the time, I was like, yeah, I don't know, I'm kind of out of this. Um, if, if you are a person who is baptized and then you leave, you are officially disfellowshipped and it is a requirement for people to just cease all contact with you whatsoever. Um,
0: because of your baptismal status, that hasn't happened to you though.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> so it kind of did, um, which isn't, you know, my experience is not everyone's experience, right? But I did receive some shunning and stuff. Um, so, yeah, the the whole shunning thing is a thing that uh, I, Jehovah's Witnesses might be like most known for, yeah, because they they shun in ways that Christian sex in general don't. As far as I know, um, but yeah, it's a pretty harsh thing.
0: And is it pretty unilateral? As far as like, I mean, is that that across the board that's going to happen in any yes. community of Jehovah's Witnesses? Yes. One question that came in, and again, feel free—you're more than welcome to not answer these if they're too personal. But Michael Perez is wondering how's how has that impacted your home life? Okay,
1: so the home life is much better now. Um, it was very tough at the beginning um yeah i mean my my family still loves me and everything and you know they're they're glad that i'm not like doing crazy stuff because in oh this is another thing In okay the jehovah's witnesses on their website have a lot of videos um in movies even and consistently i was I gr- i grew up with the depiction of apostates or people who left the faith as people who eventually, you know, do drugs. Mm. Um, They just engage in like just the worst things ever. And so the the view you're given of these people are just like, they're horrible people.
0: So part of the fear was that when you leave the community, you leave the organization, you're, you're going to go crazy. So you're saying there's some relief that you're grounded. You're happy.
1: Yeah. Like they, (laughs) I mean, think of it now. It it means they kind of expected that I might, you know, do drugs or something after I left, but they're happy that I'm not. They're happy that I'm like actually reading the Bible and stuff. They'll even ask me questions about, you know, theology. My mom, how cool oftentimes will be like, you know, she'll paraphrase a verse and ask me if I know anything about it or what verse it is. I'll be like, oh yeah, it's blah, 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 whatever.
0: Man, it's so cool. Yeah. And our prayer, of course, is that your witness, no pun intended, will eventually lead to your family, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, coming to see that Jesus is God. One of the proudest moments that I can remember is when you were baptized and um, there were, to their credit, family members of yours present when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um and when you were baptized, you said, because you have a moment <laughs> to kind of give a testimony. You know, yeah, they give you a microphone yeah. and you say, Why are you getting baptized today? And Tyler said some I'll paraphrase, but you said something like, I'm getting baptized today because I believe that Jesus is God.
1: Yeah. And God and savior.
0: God and savior. And I remember just I got full body chills because I was like, that for somebody who spent their entire life as Jehovah's Witness to say, My, you know, my testimony is that Jesus is God and Savior is <sighs> so awesome. That's um, so wild. Yeah, man, how cool. And so, you know, again, dude, our prayer is that that would be a confession that everyone in your family will eventually make.
1: Oh, that would be awesome. Hopefully. And that's
0: why we're going to send them all the link to this video. Oh no, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going a little bit long. Uh, so I apologize for anybody who has a really important thing they have to do at eight 30. Um, you're up <laughs> You don't need my permission to go if you do. Um, But I did just a couple other questions. We're not going to talk about holidays and blood transfusions and stuff like that, although it's all interesting. Um, We will talk about the fact that before this broadcast happened, I was explaining to Tyler that the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter on a regular recess is inferior to that of the holiday ones. I was just saying that. And Tyler was like, Yeah, I've never had one of those, of yeah. course. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, never. What <laughs> never.
1: <laughs> what an amazing eating holiday that's so candy. Good, please. How about now? Yeah. If I give you yeah. a Christmas okay, tree. Wait, you know what? <laughs> I have to talk about my mother. She takes advantage of Halloween.
0: Oh. And no she way. goes,
1: she went to the store and she bought like five bags of five big bags of like candy
0: you're not celebrating halloween though but you're buying the discount candy yeah that's a solid move
1: which i actually like i'm thankful for that yeah i mean yeah
0: that's a good that's a that's a good moment now we're gonna get you a christmas tree shaped rhesus because the ratio is better jacob serpa agrees with me by the way Um, it's very significant something you've missed out on your whole life and i'm happy to fix for you if you so we talked a little bit about your testimony um there's two questions i want to ask you to close here um and the first is you know this is a big question to answer but what comes to mind first if you think about the difference in your relationship with God now and your relationship with God as a Jehovah's witness what are the kind of significant standouts
1: Yeah okay so assurance of hmm. salvation Wow huge okay not not just cuz like oh i believe in the right god now i mean that's part of it but it's also just like i don't have to worry at all about whether or not i'm doing enough yeah to earn god's favor wow and stuff like that
0: Um, that's soteriology by the way so this is when we talk about how everything is theology on theology thursday this is what we're talking about that's that's a personal feeling of assurance that comes from having a shift in your soteriological view Mm -hmm. you no longer have to knock on doors in order to be saved yeah and you feel that
1: yeah (laughs) yep (laughs) how cool um I don't know, it's just like a better understanding of the Bible. You know, I mean, w- when this is a lot of times especially in the magazines, all you're really reading are like proof texts, mm. like single solitary verses. But now just to like no problem go through an entire epistle or just I mean, I read the entire Bible, you know, for, for, for the, the first time, time wow. as as a Protestant and so just I don't know. I I take this thing, this Bible thing uh way more seriously and I have like a better understanding, which I love, mm. you know? It feels good to like reading the Bible. Yeah, no know? kidding. You hear that everybody?
0: You hear that? We take it for granted in the Protestant tradition. I've got like 9 of them in my office right now. But you're but you're saying man to see the unifying story throughout this whole thing rather mm. than just as answers to, to questions being kind of, you know, yeah. plugging holes in doctrine. Or, or
1: like just a very good manual on how to live your mm. life, which sometimes gets treated like that. Yeah. Not by all witnesses. More so the type I grew up with. But it's like it's an entire foundation for a worldview. It's like so big. The Bible is so cool. It is. It's it's really cool. I'm with you, man. I love the joy
0: on your face when you say that. And I I hope people watching the way I feel that I feel personally right now, when you say that, um, it gives me a little thrill of these things that I've just thought forever, you know, that my, my salvation is sure because of Mm -hmm. the finished work of Jesus and the unchanging nature of God, not, not because of me or anything I do. Um, but when you express that, man, for the last three years, that's a new idea. Um, I hope every Christian who's watching this realizes how, what a beautiful doctrine that
1: is. Oh yeah. Like it magnifies the love of God so much more, mm. you know, like, you know, folks at home, uh, dwell on your sin a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, talk, think about how that's, unworthy you are. That's of Tyler's God's advice. Grace. Hey, and everybody at
0: home. Dwell
1: on your sin a little yeah, bit. Dwell tonight. on your sin. Think about. Hey, your hit sin the a like button
0: if you're planning to dwell on your <laughs> sin later. Um, yeah. But your point is, but I interrupted you because that was so funny. But your point is so right. How do you, how do you, come to see the love of God as infinitely more beautiful? Dwell on your sin a little bit.
1: Yeah. Man. Yeah. Powerful.
0: That's- now, last question for you i could i could talk to you about this forever but we're going super long um okay jacob serpa did tell me that it was okay if i went long um and i appreciate his permission uh, he's I'm not to be to trusted yeah. he's Who not <laughs> we should he? we should say because tyler's sarcasm is so strong that right tyler's got a deep love for jacob serpa yeah he's um, cool he's a <laughs> He's cool. (laughs) He's going to take you to feed ducks. I hope you know. Yeah, yeah, eventually. Um, That's that's almost certainly going to happen. Once you guys have studied the whole Bible together, I feel like the cap for that should be going and feeding the ducks probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Last question for you. And I mean this in the least antagonistic way possible. Um, If you were going, if you could say just one thing to somebody who's in your position three or four years ago, Jehovah's witness or in a different, you know, Belief system that's not Christianity and starting to doubt, wonder, have questions. What's the thing that you would tell them as a piece of advice or encouragement?
1: Hmm. You know what? This is, this is, I don't entirely know. I would have to think a long time. Yeah, that's fine. Before, uh, hmm. Yeah, and maybe take the significance like, of me saying
0: you have one thing to say out yeah, of the one loop and more to say. What, I don't know. A, I feel like, like I'd thing. have
1: an entire conversation that spans hours long, which I have actually had with at least one um, witness. One witness. We were up to like four a.m. Wow, really? Like,
0: and do those conversations drive to things like you said earlier—the nature of God, the nature of Scripture, these sorts of yeah, things?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like. I don't know. My, my approach probably would not be great. The greatest, <laughs> honestly, I, I would, uh, man, I don't know. Yeah. Let me frame uh, the question. Let
0: me frame the question differently for you. Yeah. If you that. were going to tell a young witness one thing to examine about Ooh. historic Christianity, like, Hey, maybe, maybe, you know, you don't have to scour the whole internet for all the dirt on Jehovah's witness theology, but look into this one thing. What would would that be?
1: Totally God. Who God is. Who is God? Like, specifically who Jesus is. Um, Because Paul makes a pretty big deal out of a lot of the New Testament about having the right Christ. Yeah. And if, I mean, it's kind of intuitive. If you have the wrong Christ.
0: You have the wrong Christianity. Yeah.
1: um, Really examine that. Like, know why you believe the things you believe, you know? Yeah. I think that's super important. I don't know. Typically, and this kind of goes for like every single group imaginable on the face of the earth. It's
0: pretty broad statement gone.
1: Yeah. It's going to (laughs) be when, when asked about what they believe, I feel like a lot of people immediately think, okay, what group do I identify with? Mm. And then just go with majority opinion.
0: Yeah. Um, what's the answer I'm supposed to give to this?
1: Yeah. Um, really examine the scriptures really ask yourself if the bible is the foundation of your worldview and your beliefs and really research that stuff um it's not cool to not know your bible
0: all right (laughs) oh man i love this (laughs) and this is the whole kind of idea behind theology thursday is exactly what you're saying i could not agree more the reason why we have only 25% of people saying they disagree with the statement that Jesus is the first and greatest created being is because they don't, they haven't examined their beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so like we always say on theology, Thursday, man, that's a great word. There is not, you, you don't not have a theological opinion about anything. You just have automatic ones that you haven't examined. And so man, Mm -hmm. examine your beliefs, take them seriously. Um, I hope all of you who are watching this, who are Christians are inspired by, your like, appreciation of just, stuff we take just, for granted
1: yo read your bible like it's it's cool like it, it's it's not gonna end up being a bad thing man it I can wish, only be a good thing if only we had so a like, button
0: that did the um the the whatever network it was the dun dun the, the more you know thing nbc <laughs> <laughs> Yo, read your Bible and then boom, 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 bum. Yeah. The
1: Bereans. Yeah. Be like the Bereans Bereans.
0: who search the word of God Mm -hmm. to determine if something's true or not.
1: They tested Paul. Like if I, that's probably because I know who Paul is, but if Paul resurrected from the dead and told me like something about the Bible, I probably believe him. Yeah. Like, I don't think I have to search. I probably should though. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird hypothetical.
0: But here's a realistic example is if I come to you with a doctrinal idea that sounds weird to you, don't just go, well, Sam's a pastor at South Valley. Oh, I won't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nothing have, against uh, you. I,
0: I have no, I have no worries about you, Tyler. <laughs> that <is> so good. <laughs> but all of you guys don't just believe it because somebody with authority said it. Um, like Tyler said, you've got the book, yeah. um, I'm pointing to Tyler's Bible. Um, and examine for yourself. Dude, thank you so much. This was so good. I really yeah, appreciate your this courage. Cool.
1: This is really cool. Like, I, I really did enjoy myself. Oh, I'm so and glad. I hope the folks at home enjoyed I themselves too. I hope the folks too. at home enjoyed
0: too. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for being here and thanks for the extra time. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Goodbye. That's the camera. That's the one.